Broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Presented by Tequila Embajador. That is right. You are in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Thursday. Just a couple of days, a little bit more than a couple of days away from the biggest game of the year for the Raiders. The biggest game of the year for the Raiders, according to uh, some callers, I think, on the uh, on the on uh, great uh, unspo- uh, the great show before us, Unnecessary Roughness, uh, with Q uh, and Demon. Um, by the way, Lincoln Kennedy, how are you doing? Do we have you? Wonderful, brother. You got me. Can you hear me? I got you. All right, there you go. Just making sure. Never so know Lincoln, these things sometimes. Uh, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Welcome aboard, uh, Lincoln. Um, the previous show, Unnecessary Roughness, with our great friend uh, Q Myers and, and, of course, our producer, Devon Cotton, uh, chipping in over there as well. They bring up a good point, uh, and I guess some callers or some text, uh, as people were sending some text message, as this is a defining game for the Raiders. It's the most important game for the Raiders. And I kind of understand sometimes the thinking along those lines. Um, because to me, every game, the next game is the most important game. That's how you have to approach it uh, as a football team, as a coaching staff. That's the next biggest challenge. You can't be thinking two weeks ahead. You can't be thinking about what just happened uh, the previous week. This is the most important game on your schedule because it is the next game on your schedule. And for as long as you still have playoff life and postseason uh, hopes. As long as you're mathematically alive, the next game is always the most important game. Now, where I don't subscribe to it is it's a must win because it's not, you know, unless that game decides your future. Like you either stay alive or you don't uh, in that very next game. Then that becomes the most important game uh, of the season for you. Uh, but as a player, how did you approach the the fact that every game in the NFL, because there's only one a week for 16 weeks, now 17, every game takes on a critical component to it. There's no doubting that at all. Uh, but but how did you sort of rectify it in your head in terms of how important it really is between the must win and have to have it and the ne- the next most important game? Well, that's what that was the the coach's responsibility. To be honest, uh, we as players are focused on obviously the next objective, but the coach's responsibility is to get you to make sure that your concentration and your focus is there and it's apparent on the next opponent. You know, everybody talks about one game at a time. Um, the way Gruden used to break it down, he used to break it down in quarters. He's like, in, in you know, the first month, first four games, and then in the next month. And so now, now the Raiders are being the second quarter. You want to be able to win the second quarter. And, and then, of course, there were always little, like little phrases like those who went in uh, November and December playing January. So there are all kinds of things that are kind of set up. But the way that I kind of rationalize it is, especially as I became more of a veteran, was the importance of whether it was a divisional or non-divisional game. Okay, first and foremost the importance of where your record is and and who you're stacked up against, as well as if there's any tie-breaking scenarios. If so, what I mean by that is you look at teams that have a similar record to the Raiders right now, and let's just play the what-if thing. What if they finished at the same where they are? How would the tiebreakers come into view? 
And then what they would, you know, you have in some ones, you have the common opponent. Uh, you're, those are also parts of the tiebreaker scenario. So those are the types of things that you kind of look forward to. More importantly, when you get around this time, Vinny, and you're looking, you want to get to the buy as healthy as possible because you want to be able to get away and you don't want to have to be around a facility if you don't want to. But you want to be able to get away and recharge and start focusing on the second half of the season, start looking at those opponents, those upcoming opponents, and, and how you're going to have to deal with them. Yeah, and I thought that the um, the Denver Broncos game, without a doubt, took on, I felt like, um, more importance for a lot of different reasons. There was uh, a bunch of stuff that hit the Raiders uh, like, like, like a lightning bolt out of the blue that particular week uh, that they had to deal with and process and digest and and um, and be able to to be able to kind of set aside uh, and to see if they could do that, if they had the capability uh, to do that, um, you know, mentally. But it was also because they were coming off a two-game losing streak, and right. you couldn't afford for it to become a three-game losing streak for all the reasons that we expressed, um, you know, uh, the, in the days leading up to the game. So I, I understood that, and and it felt like there's a little bit more at stake in this game than just a W or an L. There was there was a lot of mental stuff. There was a lot of demeanor stuff. There was a lot of how is it going to be uh, reacted to in the locker room, whether it's a loss or a win. They needed that win in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, but now here, we, here comes the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and this game, to me, is hugely important because for as long as the Raiders – have the mathematical ability to win their division number one. Every game is important toward yes. that goal. When that no longer becomes a possibility, which I'm not saying that is going to happen, then it's how do you get into the playoffs and how many wins do you need? And you have to just keep collecting wins along the way uh, in pursuit of that goal. So for right now, to me, um, you know, it's not about proving whether you're worthy of it or or shutting people up or creating this narrative or changing a narrative. It's winning games to accomplish the goals that you have set for yourself. Number one being winning this division. Yeah, it's exactly right. The first goal is to win the division. Um, you want to take care of business. Now, you missed your opportunity against the Chargers, but you get another shot at them. Right. You still got two games against the Chiefs, and you still got another game against the Broncos. So, you know, you, you, you're, the opportunities before you or the opportunities that, that you still have at your disposal, or you're in a good position. And the fact that you only have two losses right now still is, is also another good position, and you're playing some of your better football. So those are all things that you're that, that, that you're mentioning and that you're focusing on. We want your calls, 702-365-9200. And here's the thing, Lincoln, uh, with, with what's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs right now, they were the big, bad Kansas City Chiefs. They're so far out there. Oh, my gosh, the Raiders are going to have to deal with them for the next decade. How are they going to be able to do that? Well, um, they still have to deal with the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously. But all of a sudden, they're not looking like – um, you know, the greatest team ever to play football. Now they're looking way more human than they have uh, and way more beatable and way more approachable and way more like the Raiders can look them in the eye peer to peer, not like look up to them and, and be worried about them. All of that has changed by the way the Kansas City Chiefs have played so far this year, which has been erratic to say the least. And defensively, they're just all over the place and not good, period. Uh, so that's changed. And all of a sudden, the division, which we were talking about 
um, earlier in the year or before the year where, well, you know, uh, you know, if we're being honest, you kind of write that off to it's the Chiefs to lose. It's the Chiefs division. Yeah, I hope that it works out. But, you know, uh, secondary to that, you know, is, is that wild card. And that's a realistic goal. All of a sudden now, Lincoln, I think the winning the division is very much a realistic goal for the Raiders. Well, it should be. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like a, a, an unclimbable mountain. Look, they split last year with Kansas City. You see what should I'm saying? Should have won the, both the rest of them. Of, yeah, I mean, yeah, the rest of the division, in my opinion, and a lot of the division is called up. I still, you know, the jury's out on Denver, but a lot of the division is called up. It wasn't an unsurmountable pass. It was, you know, you were talking about Kansas City. Oh, they, they, they just can't be beating their juggernaut. They've got a quarterback. They've got a pretty damn good quarterback, and they've got a pretty good offensive scheme that scores a lot of points potentially. Now their shortfall, their 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 you know their mistakes is the fact that sometimes they can't play defense. That's come yeah, to hurt them, right? Um, you know, and and it is what it is right now. But potentially they can get hot at any time. And the thing, the truth of the matter is, you got to realize that you have to score touchdowns. You're not going to beat them scoring field goals. So, you know, like I said, you miss your opportunity with the Chargers this night. Right now, you get another one. But yeah, you still have the the Chiefs in front of you. It's it, the Raiders don't necessarily have to be looking up with anyone. They just need to keep pace with the ones that are that are going, and that's the Chargers right now. you got to keep pace with them. So you have to win these games that you're supposed to win. I agree. And, you know, when you think about, um, you know, looking up to people, well, the only team that record-wise they're looking up to in this conference, the AFC conference, is the Baltimore Ravens, who they've already beat. They're, they're, I look at the NFL, um, and, and in the AFC in particular, where the Raiders reside, it, I just – there's there's – you know, now that the Kansas City Chiefs seemingly have taken a little bit of a step backwards, nobody really worries me uh, so much where the Raiders can't compete with them. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win all their games, and I'm not going to say that, you know, if matched up with the Buffalo Bills, let's say, in the in the playoffs or the Baltimore Ravens again, that they are for sure should win that game. But to me, it could go either way. But they're in that realm. It's no longer a case where they're so far out in front of the Raiders um, and it would take almost not a miracle, but you know what I'm saying, like a calamity on their part uh, and the Raiders playing their best game ever for them to be able to have a chance to beat those teams. I think there's way more even footing right now. And that's got to create – I mean, I, I would think that inside that Raiders locker room and amongst the coaches, and I know that they're not looking too far out in front of themselves, but I got to think – they feel like there's nobody out there that scares the you-know-what out of us. No, but there's still a lot of football that has to be played. True, and teams, true. You know, sometimes teams get better as the season progresses. True. So you can't necessarily just look over your shoulder and say, okay, this is a gimme. It should be. They're a better team than the Eagles, um, and they should beat the Eagles. They should beat the Eagles soundly, especially if they played like they did last week in Denver. Right. But then you, you still have the, the the Chiefs twice in front of you. Hey, the Bengals are looking a little bit better as well. You can't take that for granted. As well as you know, um, the, the, the they still got the Cowboys. I mean, you still got games that you you sure you want to win all of them. But let's be realistic; it's probably not going to happen. So right, right. you know, and you're just trying to figure out who the the teams that you should beat. If this team is mature enough, and we've we've been let down in the past, that they should beat teams. And, they, and sometimes, but you, you know, that's why they say you got to do it every Sunday. You know, no one expected them to lose to the Falcons last year. Of course, I didn't. But with these next couple of weeks, these next couple of games, they should be in a position to be what six and two, I think it is. Is yeah, with the Giants and the and the Eagles before they have that first one against Kansas City on um, on Sunday night. 
All right, I need you to put your cleats back on, uh, the shoulder pads, uh, pull your pull your hat on, um, and get in that locker room and, and explain to me why, how, how you put last week behind you uh, against the Denver Broncos after an emotional week, uh, and 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 set yourself in a place that allows you to go into Allegiant Stadium and go take care of business against a, a team that, like you said, I don't necessarily think they're going to blow them out or anything like that, but they're the better team. How do the Raiders make sure that the better team wins on Sunday? Well, first of all, you, you want to focus on the attention. Look at what happened. I mean, they did earlier week watching the game film. Look at what they did and what they did well and try to maximize that. And more importantly, you got to understand this. Allegiant is now a big tourist attraction. You saw it from the Chicago game. The number of Chicago fans are going to be there. There will be a lot of green and white fans there. A lot of Eagles oh, yeah. travel well, Definitely. too. Definitely. So you want to defend your home field. So you should you you really should be wanting to play with an attitude. You should be looking forward to this game because you want to defend your home field turf and you want to you want to get better. Uh, but you want to have a great outing before the bye because you don't want to leave a, a nasty taste of, of defeat in your mouth and, and you have an extra week off. We talked about this last week, um, Lincoln. You know, yes, there were a lot of Bears fans there. It was expected. That's going to be the case, especially when some blue bloods start rolling in uh, to Las Vegas. And I consider the Philadelphia Eagles, they may not have had the Super Bowl success that many other franchises had, but they've been around a long time. They've got a rabid fan base, a very passionate fan base. Like you said, they travel well. They also move <laughs> from Philadelphia to the West Coast because it's warmer out here and it's, there's opportunities out here. So a lot of transplants uh, have migrated out to California and now here in Nevada. And they're going to hold on to their love for their teams, whether it's Chicago or New York or Minnesota, whatever the case might be. You're going to get that element in Las Vegas. It's going to be a fact of life. But as we talked about last week and talking to some Rams people, which they're dealing with the same exact thing, as are the Chargers to an even larger extent because they haven't you know, quite found their footing yet in, in Los Angeles. But even at a Rams game, whoever's come into town, there's going to be a good amount of fans from the other team there. The key is, Lincoln, and, and Q mentioned this um, you know, uh, on, on, on his show earlier, don't give them the microphone. If you want to shut them up or if you want to quiet them, then shut them up by playing good football. And I think that the Raiders, there was a little bit of a rude awakening for them against the Bears. I think their mind was, else, uh, was elsewhere as well. But I think a, there was a bit of a rude awakening when they gave the Bears life or allowed the Bears to have life. It also gave a voice to all their fans uh, in the stands. And that's the thing that they can't afford to do. It becomes an issue when you hand them the microphone to be the loudest fans in the stands because their team is playing good and you aren't. And you're not giving your fans any reason uh, to, to be up and about and screaming and yelling because they're disappointed and frustrated. Now shut up. So – um, do you think the Raiders are kind of understanding that now where this might be an issue uh, and it's always going to be sort of prevalent that there's going to be other fans in there, but the key to it is just shut them up by playing good football. You control Well, that. yeah. That's that's always the key. If you look, if you want to, you want your home field to be a def definitive home field advantage. You know the Raider Nation will cheer and they will cheer loudly. Give them something to cheer about. Don't you know? Don't don't wet yourself and play a bad football game. You know, because then the boo birds would come out expectingly so. So it, that's, yeah, the right attitude. And then look, for what it's worth, the people that I've talked to, you know, regarding the Raider Nation, because I put something on my social media earlier this week about this very case, you know, 
don't give them the advantage. And people, you know, responded to me complaining about the vaccination requirement and all this other stuff. And I'm like, look, I'm not, I'm not here to decide what you want to do. I'm telling you that this is a Raiders home and you need to defend it. And the only ones going to defend it are the Raider nation. So don't go selling your tickets. I looked last, last I looked, it's not sold out at first. It was sold out. Now there's some tickets available uh, Mm -hmm. as it says online, but you know, this is going to be, if you give them that in, just like the Raiders of Southern California, if Charger fans or Ram fans actually sold their tickets, they're going to buy them. They're going to come. They're well-traveled. Right. So don't give them that in. And more importantly, once you get that, you know, you that home field advantage, hold on to it and defend it. And that's going to be up to the crowd. Yeah, it is. And it's going to be up to really the players to – yeah, it's going to be up to the crowd not to sell their tickets. And, and that's – I get a little dicey on that one, uh, Lincoln, because I, I could understand from a fan's perspective the cost that's associated uh, with buying season tickets. Hey, if I can, you know, maybe I'm not even going to be in town for game four or whatever the case might be. Uh, or maybe, hey, you know what? The asking price is, is, is getting up there. You know what? What's the worst thing if I, if, I, if I sell these tickets in order to help pay for next year's tickets? I mean, I get that from a fan's perspective. These are, these are very expensive tickets. And if you could kind of help yourself a little bit, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm not yeah. saying do it, but I get it and I understand it. At the end of the day, everything, all of this is an investment. Nevada made an investment in, in the Raiders. The Raiders made an investment in Las Vegas and Allegiant Stadium. The fans made an investment buying these tickets and buying those PSLs. You know, why should they not be able to, you know, hey, let me work the system here a little bit. I'm not mad at that. Look, you do what you want to do with your tickets. But, you know, for so long, I know because I was involved, there were a lot of people who were, you know, why why do we have such a poor, poor condition, poor stadium? And one of the more iconic teams when they were in Oakland. Yeah. Now that's been solved. Yep. You might not, and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to tell you what to do with your money, but I do believe, and we've seen it. We saw it during the Baltimore game. We saw it during the Miami game. We, we, you know, the first three games that we saw, we saw the fact that this team was strong at home and gave yep. their crowd, it was a really a frenzy crowd, and they got loud. They got oh, loud yeah. for it. And, you know, so it was, it was, um, the, the, the crowd, the home field advantage is there. It's possible. Just got to take advantage of it. Right. And I don't think, It'll ever be like it was like for the Chargers in San Diego when the Raiders would go to uh, San Diego. Or I've seen I was at I bet I was at games in San Diego where the Steelers came rolling in and the Packers yeah. came rolling in, and it was like eighty percent Packer fans, Raider oh, yeah. fans, Steeler fans, and it was no matter what the Chargers did, it didn't matter. They were not getting their home field advantage because it just it's. That it was a numbers game and a dramatic numbers game at that. I don't think it's ever going to get to that point here. I think you'll. I think the. I think that Bears game was probably the worst it'll get. Where it's what? What would you say it was there? Sixty-five, forty-five, seventy, thirty. What? What would you? Probably, estimate? probably about sixty forty. Sixty forty, right? So you yeah. still had the Raiders still had the numbers game advantage. Yeah. Uh, Raider fans did, and I think that that's that'll be where it gets to. On the worst days. And and one thing I'll say about that, Lincoln, and this kind of happened with the Rams, you know, people that are living in Las Vegas or close to Las Vegas, you know, California is very close to it, obviously. Um, For 20 years, if you were a Dallas Cowboy fan living in Los Angeles, you couldn't, there was no opportunity to see the Cowboys in the state that, or in the area that you lived in now. And same goes for all the other teams. And so when the Rams did come back, uh, it, it, it gave all those transplants 
a chance to finally be able to see their team live in the city that they lived in rather than traveling long distances to, to, to go see it. So it was kind of a, um, it was a new thing and fans took advantage of that. I, I, I felt like in time, you know, that, uh, that kind of fascination or the chance to go finally see your team would dissipate uh, because, you know, now they're rolling in, whether, you know, if it's a division foe every year or uh, a conference foe every, co- every couple of years, it would, all, it would wane. And I think the same thing's going to happen here in Las Vegas. Las Vegas is the new toy in town. And there's a lot of fans from a lot of different places that are like, wow, it'd be great to go see a game in Las Who doesn't want to come to Las Vegas for right. a weekend yeah. to come see a game? So, you know, you're going to have that element. But I think over the years – that will lessen in terms of the other team's fans coming into town. It'll, it'll always be there, but I don't think it's, it's, it's that, that new toy aspect um, is, is not going to always be there. This, this will become more of a routine type of a situation, and fans will have come, checked it out, saw Las Vegas. All right, let's, what's next on the bucket list? Where do we want to go for the next big road trip? So, you know, we'll see. But the bottom line is this is an important game. Uh, for the Raiders, uh, you you articulated it well. You want to get to the bye week in as best position as possible at five and two. That's the best they can do is five and two going into the bye week. Uh, and, and Lincoln, with the two weeks in between, now you have a chance to get a little healthier. I saw Trayvon Mullen uh, yesterday. Um, he peeked it out. He peeked his head out uh, of the weight room. Looked good. Uh, was moving pretty well. So we'll see where where he is on on coming back. Um, maybe Richie Incognito, John Gruden. One of the last things he told us was they were trying to target that November seventh game against the Giants as his possible return. So maybe you get a Richie Incognito back, uh, and some other players are going to get a chance to to rest up. So from that perspective, this game is. Very important for the Raiders to 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 try to finish this phase of their season off as good as possible to position themselves as well as possible to deal with what comes next. What I don't want to happen is I don't want the fans to get so look, I, I understand how going to a game, how expensive it is. I mean, there's no doubt, especially in Vegas. And modern day Coliseums are like like Allegiant are their own spectacles. I mean, people are coming there all the time. Yeah. But what I don't want to happen is I don't want the fan base to get complacent knowing that they've got a nice place and say, you know what, I'll just, oh, this is the Eagles. They should win. I'll just watch this one on TV. Because, you know, I, I remember people living in Phoenix. I remember people who were complaining uh, to me that that they couldn't get the the Bronco versus Raider game on because they had Dallas on. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> you know, it was shown hey. on CBS. It's not showing anything else. But, uh, yeah. you know, they're, they're going to pick and choose. So, you know, you want to be there. You want to enjoy it. I want people to enjoy themselves. But more importantly, I want to be able to showcase the nation uh, because we we did it, but it wasn't really a truly appreciated in Oakland. I do know that. The and fans the- came out. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was saying, but you know, by the, the way they used to come out. I mean, I, I remember one year where the Raiders were 0 10. A Thursday night game came, and they sold out the stadium in the rain. You know, against the Chiefs. So you know, and they, the Raiders ended up winning that game. There was such a huge lift that you get from a crowd, um, and 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 the, having the, the 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 factor behind you, like you see Crosby celebrating, trying to get the crowd up. Well, that's that that's that's what you have home field for. Yeah. I mean, that, that's exactly what you have home field for. So that's why you want to give them something to talk about. You don't want to look up in the stands. And I've had games, especially when I was with the Falcons, where where you looked up in the stands, it was it was Cowboy fans, it was it was more fans than you know Green Bay and stuff like that than there were uh, yep. than there were your home team. So that's exactly what I don't want to happen. Absolutely. And if you're a fan in an NFL city and you want to watch other games, 
It's called Sunday Ticket. Just just put down the money and get Sunday Ticket, and you can watch whatever game you want. So stop complaining. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Thursday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Right back out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend friend uh, from Station Casinos, Jason McCormick, uh, STN Sports. Uh, you can download their app and have all the fun that you want. Jason, thanks for spending some time with us. How are you doing, my man? Doing great. It was a uh, it was a rough week this past week as the betters cashed a lot of tickets, but uh, ready for a ready for a brand new week. All right, so let's start there. Explain to our listeners, not everyone, everyone's kind of starting to, you know, kind of come around on gambling and a lot of people are already into it, but there's some new newbies, including myself, uh, in that regard. So what happens in that regard? Like when, when we talk about who wins and who, lo- the casinos are taking a beating and, you know, today was a better's day. What, what's going on with all that? Yeah. I mean, uh, from a, from an NFL standpoint, the last two weekends, um, have been uh, you know in favor of the in favor of the betters. They've been cashing a lot of tickets. A lot of the favorites have been coming in uh, this week. This past week, the ten o'clock games here for us locally. The favorites went seven and zero. And so when those uh, when those things happen, um, it, it uh, you know it leads to a lot of tickets being cashed and the betters putting a lot of money in their hands. And so it's not like a, a slot machine or a table game. It's something that you can use your influence and lo- use your studies. Uh, to predict the winners, and not only from a, a pro football standpoint, but as we move into uh, the infancy of uh, basketball season here and hockey season, there's um, lots of winners on the board. So generally speaking, um, people bet the favorites. Is that basically what I'm, what I'm detecting here? Yeah, I mean, from a, from a public standpoint, again, um, you know, we all are in the mental capacity to cheer for the favorites and cheer for the good teams, and it's uh, essentially hard to cheer for the teams that are bad. So in, in most times, the sports books are the ones cheering for the bad teams um, to pull off the major upsets as the, the betting public likes to bet the favorites. Got it. Got it. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to get to the Raiders in a second. But there's a game uh, that really intrigues me. And I don't know why, but from the opening week of this season, Jason, I've been really bullish on the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think they're there at all. But I do think they're a year or so ahead of schedule. I just like them. I like the way they play offensively. I like Joe Burrow. Uh, I like Zach Taylor, what he's doing from a head coaching standpoint. They're, they're going to play the Baltimore Ravens. And to me, it's a huge game for them because they could really announce themselves one way or another. Uh, where are we on the line in that game? And, and how bullish might you be on the under? I'm sure the Bengals are the underdogs. But how bullish might you be on the, uh, on the, on the underdog uh, Bengals? Yeah, it's uh, that's a, strangely enough, it's actually a game that I circled and a game that I've um, looked a lot into this week uh, because of exactly what you said. This isn't uh, this isn't our grandfather's Bengals anymore. Um, even even our our generation's Bengals. This is the new generation Bengals and Burrow and that offense. Um, they've got some dynamic playmakers and they've got the ability to win games. Um, and they're getting a touchdown um, here against the Ravens. Um, the one thing that I'll caution you here is we um, we saw Aaron Rodgers pronounce his. Uh, fact that he owns the Chicago Bears last week, 
Um, well, Lamar Jackson owns the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, since Lamar's taken over as the starting quarterback for the Ravens, he's 5-0 and against the Bengals. And in the last three games, the Ravens have beat the Bengals 38-3, to 27-3, and 49-13. to So the Bengals have not enjoyed their games against the Ravens. So uh, despite that big number of a touchdown, um, this has not been a game that the Bengals have fared well in. But remember, those were our uncles, Cincinnati. Well, Bengals. those were. I mean, those were still Joe Burrow's. I mean, well, maybe the one of those was Joe Burrow's with the the last year. But yeah, this is a huge game on the schedule. I mean, you talk about you know the Browns um, in the situation that they're in tonight um, without their players um, and and where yeah. the Steelers are at. This is a, an opportunity for the Bengals to make a statement and really make a, a pronounce that they're going to be in this playoff hunt. Without question. All right, another game that I'm just like, I cannot take my eyes off of this. Uh, And a lot of it had to do with what happened on Monday night. Uh, And that's the Kansas City Chiefs uh, against the Tennessee Titans. And I had written about what a big game that was for the Tennessee Titans. I just had a good feeling about the Titans against the Bills. I don't know why. Uh, Thanks to a curious, not a curious call, but a call that just didn't go uh, the right way for the Buffalo Bills. The Tennessee Titans walk off that field with a huge win to kind of get themselves straightened out a little bit. Where are you right now with the Titans, who have been a little bit of erratic, but that was a huge win for them on Monday night? Yeah, and it was a huge win for Vegas Sportsbooks. We were happy with whoever put the Vaseline on, on the bottom of his shoes <laughs> on that last play because um, we, we really didn't need that touchdown to, to happen there. And this uh, the Titans was, was absolutely huge for us. And strangely enough, after they pulled off that victory, they were sitting uh, around a four-and-a-half-point underdog uh, against the Chiefs, and after they won that game, strangely enough, the Chiefs, Chiefs actually went up. It actually went to five and a half, um, and we've seen some money come in on the Titans um, here now during the week, and we're, we're down to uh, four and a half, five is the number that you'll find out there right now. Um, one of the things that's intriguing on the Titans um, stand, from the Titans standpoint is they're still really banged up in that second, secondary. You saw uh, Josh Allen and Beasley and Diggs kind of uh, being able to take us a pass interference calls with Farley going out and Breland having to go in there. And so still expect that Titans secondary to be kind of a, uh, a mash unit uh, thrown together. And, and unfortunately, that's the worst thing you could possibly have going up against uh, uh, Mahomes and, and Hill and Kelsey. Uh, but we obviously saw what that Titan offense can do in being able to stay in the game. So if they're able to stay in the game, run the ball with Derrick Henry, we finally saw the A.J. Brown that we really know show up this week. And if Julio Jones can find his way back onto the field, they've got a formidable offense to go back and forth up and down the field with this team. And it could be one of those, hey, whoever's got the ball last. This is the highest total on the board at 57.5. So we're expecting it to be a shootout back and forth type game. Talking to Jason uh, McCormick from Station uh, Casinos, uh, STN Sports. You could download their app. All right, let's stay with the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, it's you, you just can't, you know, um, uh, leave them. They're so good, and they've been so good that you, you, you don't want to just break up with them just yet. Um, even though they're kind of letting you down a little bit, uh, maybe as a, as a better Um What's to still like about the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of their long-range relationship potential with the, with the better? 
Yeah, and, and I won't say that people have jo- jumped off them yet. I mean, they were they were backing them in Philadelphia. They backed them again in, in Washington. Uh, they let the Red uh, Washington football team hang around for a little bit last week. Mahomes had a, a really bad interception um, inside the red zone. But again, they're they're so dynamic. And when you watch Patrick Mahomes play, you know they can score on they can score on essentially every play and, and every drive. So it's tough to get off a team that you know um, is going to cause such problems for other teams on the defensive end. Have we figured out what's going on with the Miami Dolphins? <laughs> I I keep asking myself this week why they elected to play this week um, when they're they're coming back from London. So what a uh, what a mess potentially there, and obviously the off the field stuff with um, all the conversations this week about them potentially going after Watson and potentially shipping Tua in a three way deal over to Washington, and now you're facing um, Atlanta, who's coming off their bye week after their London trip. Um, Ridley's supposed to play. We've seen Kyle Pitts continue to develop. Um, and they um, are, are short favorite here, are short favorite going up against the Dolphins who have had real trouble in the secondary. And I believe um, Howard and um, Williams, their, their two starting corners, are going to both miss this game. So an intriguing game here and some crazy decisions by the Dolphins and, and tough to put your money on the Dolphins after uh, losing to the Jaguars who had lost 20 straight. All right, I'm going to take you to Los Angeles where um, it's one of the weird games uh, ever that I can recall where the quarterback of last year's Detroit Lions team is playing against his former team, and the quarterback of the Rams last year is now playing his former team. We're talking about the Detroit Lions uh, against the Los Angeles Rams. And the last I checked, Jason, correct me if I'm wrong or if this has changed, the Rams are 15.5-point favorites. When was the last time in a regular season game um, we had that kind of a uh, disparity. Well, we, we've got even a further one in, in looking at Arizona against Houston, but we can get to that later. Yeah, oh, no, uh, I didn't even look at that. Wow. Yeah, the, the Cardinals are a 17.5-point favorite over the Ooh. Texans at home this week. Um, we, got, we got three of them. The Bucks are almost a two-touchdown favorite over the Bears. But going back to that Ram game, yeah, you don't get to see – too often where quarterbacks swap in the offseason and then they get to play each other. And, and obviously, Goff, for what he did for the Rams and, and making them a, you know, go into the Super Bowl and Stafford have spent so much time in Detroit. Um, I'm sure these guys are both motivated for this game. The hard thing is that the Lions um, just really haven't been a competitive team. They've stayed in a couple games where they've, uh, you know, lost on some last second field goals. And then they've also had games where they just, um, don't look like a competitive uh, team, and now it's starting to question, you know, is golf, re- golf really the problem? Um, so this, this looks like a game that, uh, again, we talk about, it, it looks like a blowout, but like you and I mentioned, uh, I think two, two weeks ago, we were talking about, can anybody really play with Alabama? And then we saw Texas M pull off the crazy upset right. over Alabama. So when you, when you, just when you think that there's nothing left in the cupboard and these teams have nothing to play for and they're just not going to be able to stay competitive, you, you know, something slaps you in the face and, um, you know, the Lions or the Bears or the Texans, uh, one of these teams that's a, that's a double digit, uh, underdog, a two touchdown underdog is just going to surprise us, surprise us and play a really competitive game. All right, last question before I let you get out of here. Uh, let's talk about the Raiders. Um, they seem to uh, have found themselves a little bit and maybe even kind of create a little bit of a baseline for themselves of how good they should be on a week-to-week basis. Uh, how are we feeling about the Raiders this week uh, from the Vegas Well, standpoint? again, a, a monster game for them this week, um, obviously going into the bye week and then after the bye week with the Giants. So what's going on in the division? A huge win over Denver, able to come home, shake off all the distractions. I think one of the things to look at this week 
specifically is the running game. The Eagles really struggle against the run. I think they're allowing over 135 rush yards a game, which hasn't been what the Raiders have done best. But if they can find a way to combine uh, Jacobs and Drake, which they, they found a way to kind of get those guys a good split and a good mix and catching balls out of the backfield as well. So the more that they can get that running game going, which they should be able to do against the Eagles, it's just going to set up that play-action pass even better uh, for Ruggs and those guys running those deep routes. Um, the one thing when you look on the Eagles' side of the football, um, they are 2-4, and four, but they've lost to the Bucks, the Chiefs, and the Cowboys. So you can say that they've played some pretty good teams. Um, they've been beaten up in those games. Their most recent one, they played Thursday night with extra rest, came back and kind of got a backdoor game against the Bucks. ended up losing by six. Um, they really have no semblance of an offense other, other than Jalen Hurts, who runs around left, runs around right, tries to find broken plays and receivers, um, so if the Raiders can just keep the, keep the ball and, and be able to control Jalen Hurts in his running game, I think they're going to be in a good situation. All right, Jason, let our listeners know how they can uh, download your app and uh, enjoy their Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, because now we got everything going on. Uh, explain how they can do that. Yeah, talk, you know, talk about the season. It's, uh, you know, we're in, in deep getting in football season, and now we turn and, and hockey season's open and NBA season, and we've got the, the Major League Baseball playoffs. Um, you know, just come in, come into any station casino, race and sports book, Wildfire, El Cortez, less than five minutes to get you signed up. Um, uh, simple process. Uh, just have your boarding pass card. Going to get you signed up, deposit your money right there, and then you're going to be able to uh, be anywhere here in the Las Vegas Valley, anywhere in Nevada, to be able to make your bets. You've also got funding options on the app um, to where you won't have to come back into any of the sports books. Again, you'll be able to download or withdraw um, right through the app. So it, it really is the sports book in the palm of your hand, and we've got a up to $500 bonus going on right now. So um, if you come in and get signed up, you're going to get 10% of whatever your deposit amount is. So it's a, it's a great time of year to get signed up and, and great time with that bonus. Jason McCormick, thank you so much uh, for spending some time with us in the huddle. We will talk to you next week. Appreciate you, brother. Sounds good, guys. Have a good one. You got it. That's Jason McCormick from Station Casinos. Like you said, download the app. Uh, go check them out um, at their various locations in order to get in because, you know, you want to have a little bit more fun watching these games. I hear it. I understand it. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Thursday. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Thursday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Uh, and we are going to go out to the Raider Nation uh, guest line and welcome in a very, very uh, special guest and uh, a history maker, by the way. Uh, we're going to go. T- we're going to talk to Dr. Nicole Roebuck. She is the Grambling State University Tiger Marching Band director. Director. She's the first female to hold that position. And Grambling State University's band will be performing at halftime at Allegiant Stadium during the Raiders' uh, game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Dr. Roebuck, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? And thanks for having me. One thousand percent. Thank you for being here. Uh, it's our honor. Um, uh, Dr. Roebuck, obviously a big deal. You guys are coming out uh, to Las Vegas, and we're going to get into all the particulars of how this all kind of came about. Uh, but how fired up are you guys uh, to be coming out to Las Vegas, uh, 200 uh, band members strong, uh, to come show your thing and do your thing uh, at, at the uh, uh, game against the Eagles uh, between the uh, Raiders and the Eagles on Sunday? 
Oh, we're so excited. Uh, the students can hardly wait. You know, as a director, when you get a high-profile performance like this, uh, you know, it's just an honor, and we're just thankful that you guys, it's the radio reached out to us, and we're excited about Sunday's show. All right, so uh, talk us through how this all uh, came about. I was looking at your schedule today, and uh, I know Grambling's on a bye week, I think, this week, so uh, they don't play again until uh, next week. So obviously the timing worked out, but who reached out to who? How did this all come about? Well, in, I would say, September or, or maybe August and September of 2020, at the beginning of the fall season, uh, we got a call from the Raiders, and they were telling us all about the new stadium, and it was going to open up, and they would like us to come out and, and do a show. And, and we, we got busy planning. And, um, of course, um, we did not travel that, um, that marketing season because of the pandemic. So it was kind of put on hold, and um, we didn't get anything else about it. And it came back around, um, you know, maybe about a month or so ago, and we were like, okay, well, let's make it happen this time. All right, so uh, you're coming to Las Vegas. A, have you ever been to Las Vegas? And um, how much are you looking forward to, uh, to just to come out here to experience Las Vegas as an NFL city? Well, honestly, I've been to Vegas four times. Nice. And, uh, I got a question on another interview, and I say, you know, each time I come, it's something different to see. So uh, I'm excited uh, uh, not only about the show, but uh, anything new that's in Vegas. Uh, the kids, like I said, once again, very excited. Um, some of them have never been to Vegas. So this was the first of them. So it's just awesome to, to be able to experience this with your students. And uh, obviously a shout out to Allegiant Airlines. Uh, it sounds like they're uh, footing the bill uh, for the, uh, for, to transport 200 uh, band members uh, from Louisiana here to uh, Las Vegas. So uh, shout out to Allegiant Air um, for, 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 for doing that. And, are you aware of the uh, of some of the history between um, the Raiders and and Grambling? You have Willie Brown uh, is a former great uh, Raider, great who went to Grambling. Obviously, Eddie Robinson, the great head coach, longtime head coach, Hall of Fame head coach uh, at Grambling, was a good friend of Al Davis. They're starting the Al Davis um, Eddie Robinson uh, Academy here in Las Vegas to help promote. Um, you know, uh, uh, the furthering of uh, minority candidates for head coaching jobs, general manager jobs, uh, all across the board. Were you guys aware of, of, of that, that tie between the Raiders and Grambling? Well, yes, we, we are aware of that. Uh, Willie Brown, that name rings a bell. We just talking about the contributions he made not only to uh, athletics at Grambling, but Grambling State University. Um, you know, Al Dodson, I don't, you know, and it's, I don't want to call names, and I don't want to miss anybody, but uh, uh, Andrew Glover and Albert Lewis, and I think it was um, Will, uh, Willie Williams, uh-huh. and uh, Neil Maya Wilson. So those are all some greats from Gramlin who came on the Raiders and um, did some wonderful things there as well. We're talking to Dr. Nicole uh, Roebuck, and she's the first female uh, to be the band director at Grambling uh, State University. That happened in, in 2019. Uh, how big of a thrill uh, was that? Did you feel like you kind of had the inside track to the job, or, or was it a little bit of a surprise? It was uh, a big surprise, <laughs> I'll have to <laughs> okay. say. Um, and, and still to this day, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled by, just, you know, thankful to uh, administration for trusting me what, uh, you know, and the world fame is, is you know, it's, it's like the students, the superstars on campus for, so for the administration 
So trust me, um, but I feel sometimes myself say, is this real? I think Damon uh, Cotton, our uh, great producer, has a question. Go for it, Damon. Uh, yes, my only question would be for those who haven't experienced an HBCU band perform, can you give us a little preview of what to expect on Sunday? Well, I can tell you about the world fame. Our show is nonstop from the time the drum majors come out and the percussion section, they play cadence, the band hits the field. It's nonstop entertainment. If it's six minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes, we are moving the entire show. And uh, oh, I'm I'm sorry, you cut out there. Could you uh, say that last part just again for us, please? No, I said we make sure that we have something in our show for everybody in the audience that they can relate and uh, just enjoy the show and have a good time doing doing watching us. Last question for you, uh, Dr. Roebuck. Uh, how many family members uh, of the band members are going to be making it out here? And how has practice week been uh, leading up to, uh, to what should be and is expected to be, and I know will be, uh, a great event on Sunday? Well, I'm not sure how many um, family members will make it to uh, watch uh, the students. I do have a freshman um, that plays saxophone, uh-huh. and so she's coming home, and she is very excited because other than this performance, uh, it would have been December when she made it home, you know, for the first time after being at Grambling since August for band camp. So uh, glad she'll get a chance to see mom and dad and um, hopefully, you know, go home, maybe sleep in her own bed <laughs> for one night. Um, so uh, she's very excited. She's very excited about coming home. All right. Awesome. Uh, Dr. Nicole Roebuck, it was an honor talking to you. Can't wait to see uh, the performance on Sunday. I'll be, be up in the press box. I'll take my uh, eyes away from my story to, to pay attention and watch. I can't wait. Uh, good luck, safe travels, and we'll see you on Sunday. All right. Thank you. You got it. That was Dr. Nicole Roebuck from Grambling State University. Uh, she's the band director of world-renowned uh, Grambling State University. And I got to say, I've, I've seen a few performances uh, for, from Grambling uh, and also uh, some other, uh, you know, uh, HBSU schools uh, and their bands. And it's unbelievable. You, you haven't seen anything until you've seen that. And I get fortunate sometimes because, you know, you go to some of these stadiums and you get to see the practices uh, and not just the performance and all the hard work that they put into it. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a show um, and uh, you haven't lived till you've experienced that. And so uh, uh, the fans at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday are in for a treat. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila in Bajador Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Thursday.